Welcome to the TechMap Podcast. My name's Andy Bargery. On today's show, we're exploring the ever-changing world of search marketing. And to help me lift the lid on this complex area, I'm joined by Tom Jepson from Digital and Search Marketing Agency Footprint, based in sunny Essex here in the UK. And we explore what's been happening with Google. We talk about SEO. We talk about paid search marketing. And we get back to basics around looking at audience and how you align your content to your audience. So I hope you find this of value. It's the start of a new year, so hopefully there's some things in here that will help you get your strategy set up for success in 2019. So let's get on with the show. Tom, good morning. Welcome to the TechMap Podcast. Good morning, Andy. How are you doing? You all right? I'm really well. How are you today? I'm very, very well. It's uh, good, good, nearly good. Christmas and things are going bad. <laughs> well, it As is usual. nearly Christmas and I just wonder where, when this is going to go out. It might be January, so it might be that we've just had Christmas when people listen to this podcast, but that's all good. That's a happy uh, new year to them, right? Indeed, happy new year. Let's have a great 2019. So w- with that in mind, having a great 2019, I guess the reason why I wanted to get you onto the show, because we've been working together for, I don't know, six, six to eight months or so. But one of the reasons or the main reason why I wanted to get you on to the show is because from what I can see and having worked with you, you, you're really, you really are a true expert in search marketing. And with it being such a fast moving, evolving world, I think it's just really interesting to explore, you know, what's happening in the world of search marketing. And as we are moving into the start of 2019, what do we need to think about as we go into the year when we're planning uh, marketing campaigns and strategies for this year? What are the kind of core priorities or core things we need to think about in that area? But before we go into that, why don't you tell our listeners a bit about who you are and, and what it is yeah, you're sure. up to? Yeah, um, sure. So my background was um, is, is a technical one. I'm kind of a technical geek with a with a creative itch. I kind of describe it as. Um, I've been <laughs> working in search in the early 2000s, and I actually built a search engine as part of a project that I did. Um, before I even knew what SEO was, so search engine optimization. So coming out of university, I, I, I was going to be a developer and you know design and develop websites, but I somehow got into search, and it's such an interesting, diverse, ever-changing um, platform or medium that I just kind of got hooked on it, and I've been there ever since and been lucky enough to work with hundreds of businesses of all different shapes, sizes, big global corporates, right down to smaller businesses that are starting out. And since um, over the last few years, um, I've been involved uh, with our agency, Footprint Digital, and we exist to essentially help businesses make sense out of what to do in digital. We specialize very much in search, conversion, and analytics. And that's really our core. And we've made that decision just because there's so many different things. You can't be a specialist of everything. And I think it's really important to get the right people with the right knowledge working on these campaigns. Absolutely. The jack of all trades is a master of none. And I think that the way that you position yourselves is that you really are the specialist in this world of search marketing. And of course, that's how we met working on a mutual client. That's right. Yep. And I think that's how, what it's evolving into. And I think, you know, you lo- speak to a lot of clients in the different agencies or businesses and the kind of one-stop shop trying to find one person that can do everything um, for you is kind of slowly fading away. And I think it makes sense that we are evolving, especially in the way that technology changes and, you know, people can work remotely and things like that, that you get collections of specialists that come together to work towards an objective. And that always brings, you know, a a far more um, effective outcome, really, in in my experience and and opinion. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. And I think particularly in your world, given that it is such a a changing world, it, it, it does evolve quite rapidly and all of the time it's changing you know it's difficult to kind of just dip your toe in that water and be really good at it uh, you know i've i've been looking at and working with google ads for a number of years but i don't profess to be an expert and i don't profess to be someone that could actually manage a really effective campaign because that requires you to be looking at it day in and day out and really understanding what you're looking at looking at the data and interpreting it and so on and so forth and i think you need to have that 
you need to be specialized or focused on that to be really good at it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I always say to people, I mean, <clears throat> my background and my specialism is in SEO. So the organic side of Google in particular, of search, you know, can I do paid search? Yes, I can build campaigns and I know the best ways to approach it. Would I call myself a paid search specialist? No, I wouldn't. And that's, you know, I've worked alongside paid search and in that environment for a long time, but still, I say there's, you know, I'm not the right guy for that. That's why we've got our our paid search specialists in-house. Um, so I think, yeah. you know, it's very it's very important that you focus on one thing and specialize on it, but have a very clear understanding of how the other parts operate within the mix because that's what this yes. is all moving towards. It's no longer um, a one-channel strategy. Um, brands now need to work wiser and smarter and um, do more of an omni-channel, multi-channel thing because that's just the way that we use the web. Um, and that's the yes. way that you can really stand out because there is so much competition these days. Okay, so so I was going to say there, Tom, so rather than jumping into what's new in, in search and what's new with the, the Google Ads platform, for example, mm. why don't we flip that around and start by talking about consumer behavior and how is that changing? What, what are the what are the different ways people are using tech to look for information? And then how as marketeers do we need to respond to those changes? Well, I think um, the environment that we're evolving into, I mean, mobile is on the uptake. I can remember for about six or seven years hearing everybody say, you know, it's year of the mobile and everything like that. And that's going back like <laughs> indeed. Eight, 10 years ago um but it's it's just continually evolving we've now got so much more new technology um and intelligence really through the software that that we have at our disposal disposal nowadays um you know you've got the internet of things we've got smart fridges we've got alexas or google assistant um and i think what we need to recognize as well as some of the technology that we might have been hesitant of, yeah, this is never going to really catch on, will and does. And, and I always use the example of when in the early 90s or you'd see somebody with a Bluetooth or somebody walking down the street and they'd be talking to themselves in the street and you'd think, who is this guy? What is he doing? Is, have they let him out of somewhere? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and he had a yeah. Bluetooth, Bluetooth headset and that was quite kind of weird at the time, but now you see it and it's part of everyday life. And it, the same is similar for things like um, voice search as, as I'll go into probably a bit later in terms of, you know, that's a new thing that people are probably doing at home and maybe experiment with it with even the technology itself is still in its infancy and they're developing it, but it's coming. There's no yes. question. It's moving over to that. And we've got to think about, you know, not only multi-channel, but the multi-device thing as well. So there's televisions and smart devices and all these different things, smart watches. Um, that smart speakers. Like smart speakers, <laughs> exactly. Uh, it took me a while to work out what a smart speaker was, and then I realized it's just basically Alexa, isn't it? It is basically Alexa. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I totally agree with you. The, the way we're searching is changing, and, and a great example of that is – um, I don't know whether you use Google Maps in your car, but I used to have SatNav, and then SatNav was just so clumsy to use, I started to use Google Maps to get around. And then when you're using Google Maps, you can actually talk to Google Maps. <clears throat> Excuse me. You can say, okay, Google, give me directions to, um, I don't know, a, a restaurant somewhere. Give me directions to Pizza Express, and it will work it out and take you there. And that's just fundamentally different to how you would have, you know, looked for information, looked for somewhere to go or look for directions in the past. And it's really it's really interesting how we kind of stumbled on that accidentally. We were just driving to a friend's house and we were just talking along in the car, as you do. And suddenly Google Maps said, I can't find that direction or whatever it was. It thought you had heard us ask for a direction. And from that moment onwards, you know, the kids have absolutely loved it in the back of the car. OK, Google, and asking you all sorts of questions. But, you know, fundamentally, that that really simple change there makes a real difference to, you know, how we interact and how we look for information. And that's just one example. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one as well, because a lot of these things we find just automatically kind of come into our world, especially with Google, for example. They're, they own the just to put this into perspective, right? Google owned the largest search engine in the world. They own the largest kind of advertising platform. They own the largest mobile operating system. 
browser, analytics prop platform, map of the world, all these different things. There's so many different things that are going on in that particular ecosystem. And it's kind of about the way that it's bringing them together to bring make our lives easier. Because um, Google's on a mission to kind of be the Starship Enterprise, ask it a question and it gives you an answer. And it's <laughs> you looking to use artificial intelligence and machine learning essentially to to learn about more of our behaviors so that rather than us ask the question it tells us and you might have seen this um if you've got an android phone and you know all of a sudden it started saying you're going to be late to work (laughs) because there's been an accident on the way and the traffic's delayed by x minutes and you're thinking how did it know that but if you think about it it's quite simple i mean you've got your mobile phone in your pocket yeah it's android and it's connected to your account and it knows where you go five days a week between nine to five and it can make a good assumption based on that data that that's where you work and it knows when you roughly leave the house um so there's so many so much information that google can kind of collect about you and, you know, it's not just your search data anymore. That's why Google invested into things like Android and investing into a free operating system that everybody can use. It's a, you know, strategic decision that they knew that you know, mobile is going to, is, is blowing everything out of the water. We need to be integrated and part of that. So build an operating system that everything runs off. Then you kind of own that similar to owning search. So by gathering all this information and using all the different data to kind of pull together and give you information that's either useful or going to help you. It's going to keep you within the ecosystem, which let's face it. I mean, Google's Mm. business, they want you to continue searching and clicking on their ads. That's where they make their money. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, fundamentally it's a, it's a media company, isn't it? It is. But it has lots of different um, platforms that enable it to serve that media, which isn't necessarily news. Although I guess there is a, Google News feed and other bits and bobs, Google collections and things like that, that you could use for that purpose. But fundamentally, it doesn't matter what the media is, Google is using that to collect data and learn about who we are and, and you know what we do. Yeah, and even on the um, on the news side of it, they do have Google News and they aggregate things. And they're actually, I think, in the process of trying to allow you to manage your subscriptions within Google so you can access, you know, there's certain press uh, content websites out there that you have to subscribe to use but you can see all that information being pulled in about you um, what you search for what your interests are even on the google app today you'll see that when you land on open the google app it gives you some information in terms of news and things that are trending that you're interested in as well as the weather as well as the football scores or whatever you know things it's got built up around who you are and what your interests are yes and I think, you know, the whole rush between kind of Alexa and, or Amazon and Google in terms of trying to push the, the um, smart devices and voice search is just, you know, that's the future. Whether we like it or not, that is going to move and progress. Um, there's interesting stats in terms of the whole voice search side of things. I know it probably seems a bit like it's pie in the sky, but, you know, you've got people that are saying that in, by 2020 half the searches are going to be voice activated um i think it was is that right by 2020 yeah, i think it was comcast that said um something along those lines um, and it sounds crazy nowadays it seems like hang on that can't be but it's happening i think do you know i i don't disagree with that because you know I've, i'm just starting to use i use siri a lot more as well sorry to jump out of the google world there for a mm-hmm. second and into apple but you know i think once you start to make voice searches it becomes so much more natural to do that and it's just easier to do it you know even if i'm working away at my desktop i can still use um search whether it's google or siri voice search and it's so easy and it and often i think you get um you get a result more closely aligned to what you're looking for because you're it's more of a natural language search than it is based on keywords. Yes, and that is probably the big one that um, like Google has been working on in terms of its algorithms and things like that. Um, historically, um, you, you know, when I was first around, I mean, spam used to be the big problem for Google is SEOs like me um, that would kind of <laughs> figure out and reverse engineer 
how they rank content and naturally optimize pages on the web so that they performed really well. And, you know, there's different degrees. You, you have what is known as the white hat SEOs and the black hat SEOs, which are the good guys in the back. Does that still exist, Tom? Yeah, they still exist and it still works. But to some degree, I've always been on the white hat um, side of things. But, you know, it's also very important to understand the more manipulative techniques that people are using because that helps you understand the challenges that google is up against today and helps you understand how what what you need to do to kind of stay on the right side of that because i describe those tactics as almost like shooting star strategies they burn bright very quickly but then fade out yes um and and the key thing to remember for any genuine kind of business that has a brand that they really believe in and want to protect is you cannot adopt those kind of strategies um, you need to be seen in the right line because you, you don't want to be, you know, there might be somebody out there that can set up hundreds of different domains and build them up and let them burn out after a few weeks. But if you're a genuine brand, you don't want to be doing that. You want to build something over time and build the authority naturally. And Google's earlier algorithms were very much focused on the idea of, okay, how do we fil- filter out all these spam but um, they did some really good um, work um, around 2012 to 2014, 15 in terms of eliminating a lot of this. And it has made it a lot harder for those older techniques and manipulative techniques. You really don't want to go down that route anymore because it's going to cause you real problems. Um, And that's, from my point of view, that's a great thing because it makes the whole thing more interesting. It makes it about the content and the user and creating great information, great user experience that's going to be valuable and should rank there in the first place. Um, Well, I think that's the case really with any great marketing is it adds a bit of value to the person that you're targeting, your your customer, your audience, doesn't it? So if by making these changes to the algorithm, it's forcing uh, the marketing community to clean up their act and focus more on long-term value rather than quick wins through burning brightly, as you've said there, then that's only going to be a good thing from a user experience point of view. Mm -hmm. So now what you tend to see with Google and and what is it's worked on algorithms and using things like machine learning to understand more natural language processing. So it had a um, algorithm that it released a few years back called Rank Brain. And that okay. was in its essence, the core of it was to try and help understand queries or searches better. And especially when it came towards understanding natural language queries. So as you'd ask a person, because before we moved from kind of, apart from ask Jeeves, where it suggested you use it like a question, all search engines were keyword based. So you'd come up with weird configurations, yes. but with voice search and people's ability to use search engines better these days and the arrival of you know things like Alexa, Siri, you know Google Assistant it needs to have a better ability to understand the meaning of what is being asked and that's what it used to struggle with so now with things like rank brain it's able to better understand those types of query and have and say okay. oh i've seen this type of query is similar to other things that we've seen people search with to help the machine learning understand and grasp what that query is about. So there's been a lot of evolution there. Um, and the other thing that has, has kind of been an offset of that is also looking into user engagement and signals around if I do a search for something in Google and it's at the top of page one, and I click on it, but I all, I don't spend much time on the site. I came back to Google and went somebody else or can refine my query. That was will deduce that that first thing that I clicked wasn't as relevant to what I needed to that particular query. So and it can do the sure. same for things that are lower down. So if it notices another bit of content that might be might not be as strong kind of based on all the other ranking factors, but seems to be getting some really good engagement to it, then it can kind of elevate the position of that. So it's getting a lot more clever. And that's one of the things that, you know, Mm -hmm. in terms of advice for people and what they need to be thinking about in search is really trying to understand what are people searching for within your environment and then what are their needs, questions, and making sure that they're fulfilled in the content that you provide because you want to keep them on your site and not get them to go back to 
to Google. I mean, I mean, I guess from my point of view, we've been doing a lot of content-based marketing over the last few years, as has every other marketing agency and consultancy, right? And a lot of that strategy around the content is based on, you know, what are the, the challenges and the needs and wants of our customers? How do we help to answer those questions and queries through good content? So search tends to fall out the back of that as as a way of making sure that there's there are eyeballs to that content. But maybe we should be flipping that around and looking for the kind of queries that people are searching for and then basing our content strategy on that. A hundred percent. I think I think that's one of the biggest things that we kind of work with or I've I've I work with um clients to do is to try and take the focus about away from what they believe customers need or what they want to tell customers and me 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 and turn it around and actually think that's don't want put that aside let's actually look at the customer and do research that gives <laughs> us a better understanding of what who they are what they're looking for what their fears and anxieties are as well as you know the answers that they're looking for and creating content and around that um we always Absolutely. say we have a we have a a number of talks that we do, uh, and one of the talks talks about shooting hippos, um, which okay. sounds terrible, but uh, <laughs> figuratively. Let me clarify. Um, hippo is, stands for the highest paid person's opinion. Okay. Oh yes, this is um, who's Avanesh the chap and... that started Avanash yes. Kaushik. Yeah, yeah so excellent. He, he's, yeah. A, he's an absolute legend, and I'd thoroughly recommend um, that anybody listening kind of check out Avanash. He's he's an evangelist yes. when it comes to um, analytics and and kind of talking he about is. it in in real world practical ways not kind of you know how to do this in google analytics it's more of a strategical and tactical type thing um, well you say yeah. that but he has also written a couple of books i think one is web analytics an hour a day which is a really great yeah. foundational platform for someone that wants to learn about what can you how can you use the data available to you uh, in google analytics to actually you know or even other platforms i think as well um, you know, how can you use that data to help move the needle in the right direction? I suppose exactly, and that's that's um, Web Analytics 2.0 is was one of the books that I really enjoyed that he wrote, and yeah, yeah. you know, it does underlie that whole idea of ensuring that you stick to an or understand an objective before you kind of move on to the tactical and strategic elements. Um, make sure that you have yes. very clear understanding of what your objective is what quantifies as a key performance indicator that's going to tell you which way the needle's going and then being able to kind of segment your audience and look into specific areas rather than just looking at all data for instance because you can't a lot of the time it's kind of too blurry you need to go really granular um, in terms of when you analyze data uh, and I think that's a yes. kind of 101 thing that most people miss. Um, but I definitely recommend yeah, absolutely. Uh, reading more about him. But the, going back to the hippo thing, it's it's using data to inform decisions, not the highest paid person or perhaps even the designer. Um, we do a lot of conversion work and, and improving conversion rates. Um, so it's not just about getting the traffic to the website. It's, right, well, how do you convert more of that traffic? get people to complete what you want them to do so we do tests to test different variations of different pages a b testing and things like that yes um and you know it's working with designers on their websites and things like that and, and maybe they'll people might have opinions on what it should look like and all this kind of stuff and the reality is it shouldn't be anybody that desire decides especially not the designer it should be the user and testing is the way that you kind of achieve that um, and using data. Yes. And then you can't argue with that as well. Uh, absolutely. And one of the things that we've been doing for another of our clients is just to, to start to look at that area of, of conversion optimization based on not actually using Google Analytics data, but using a platform called Oribi, which I think is quite a new platform. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, which yep. is a it's a really nice, really clear, clean great interface for people that aren't great at looking at data but you need to see you need to get an understanding as to you know are people moving through your site the way that you want them to do and if not what can you do about it and you can set up tests to see whether moving a call to action button to the a different part of the page makes a difference and so on and so forth but going back to your theme there it is all about using data to make decisions rather than as you say relying on the intuition gut feel of the highest paid person in the room which and I think 
think that's one of the strongest things or themes that I always come across and I always talk about with clients is that if you're engaged in digital marketing, you can actually use the data at your disposal to make decisions that will make a difference rather than relying on the gut feel of someone that has been around the block a bit but doesn't necessarily look at the what's really happening in their business or on their website, for example. Yes, it is 100% about the data. And I definitely recommend anybody thinking about, you know, what should we be doing moving forward? 2019 and onwards should be kind of conversion testing and things like that. It's hugely important. It's been around for a long time. But, you know, it's not one of the kind of sexy ones, if you like, um, (laughs) that are out there, you know, the social media and all these other things that people kind of... um, are drawn to and i think you know that that ultimately speaks uh, of the very real problem that we have today and i think that most businesses faced is is that it's probably it's a crazy time okay we talk about the fact that you know the first person in, that will go to mars is was born and is in a school today which is crazy to believe we think about say that again tom that the first person that will go to mars is already born Apparently so, yeah. So they, they've est- estimated that we'll go to Mars in XYZ, and that is within the time frame that would make that person in school. So how do you teach somebody who's in school today about how they're going to go there? And it's similar with um, digital, okay? If I was to say to you, like, imagine a somebody that had started, studied marketing and graduated and left in 1994. You bring that person into the world today – could they have imagined what that would be like? Were any of those, those things didn't even exist, let alone kind of any guides? I can relate to that entirely, Tom. I mean, I started my <laughs> marketing career in 1998 when I got a job for Compact Computers. And, you know, there was, the, you know, we all relied on email and telephones. You know, there really wasn't this thing that Facebook didn't exist, for example. Google, I used at university as a way to search academic information and didn't, you know, wasn't really any understood by the broader business world. And it was... Yeah, it, the commercial it, sense. It, it, yeah. Exactly. I mean, that world has shifted dramatically. And, and I think the, the, the rate of change, the acceleration of change um, has grown again uh, rapidly in the last few years it just feels like uh, all the time there's something new happening not just in search marketing which of course is a rapidly evolving space but across social media particularly and and digital media and programmatic advertising and all these little areas that people need to understand is a whole different world and the skills that we need as marketeers now are different to the skills that we needed 20 years ago it's a different job really uh, you know, I think if you want if you're wanting to work in marketing now, you really need to you really need to have your uh, head around statistics and data and analyzing information and not just using gut feel and being really great creative. It's a different world. Indeed. And imagine it in 25 years time. It's going to be the same. Imagine it in 10, five years time. It is crazy. And to quote our friend Avinash again, um, we have more data at our fingertips than God. <laughs> 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 oh brilliant but, i haven't heard that i swear that is that is one of the biggest challenges that businesses face today right is that there is so much it's probably you know there's the largest opportunity to go out there and engage with customers online and things like that but there's never been so much confusion in terms of what to do because of this range of choices and i always describe it as a the situation is like we're we're like kids in a giant sweet shop. I mean, where do you where do you start? And often you'll get drawn to the things that you know appeal to you. But is that the most important thing? And that's mm. that's kind of why I think you know people come to us and we're able to support is because you need somebody to come in and give you that guidance. I think many digital marketing managers and business owners and things like that are literally like well what do we go for and you'll you'll go for something like social media because that's what you've heard the most or you'll you'll get obsessed over bounce rate because that's the one that's most important but you know that's there's so many dangers in doing that i won't go into detail here otherwise i'll, I'll be here forever we could, this could be a long that's podcast part of the thing. <laughs> and then the other thing is as well is uh, the other way i phrase it as well not only have you got all this choice but it's almost like you're trying to paint a landscape whilst on a moving train it's changing all the time mm. um, there's core features and things that are consistent the horizon trees that kind of thing but it, the rest of it is all changing at the time so you need to be agile you need to be at the forefront of what's going 
on and you need to decide which is the be- which are the best um strategies that are going to work towards you absolutely your objective uh, and actually this you know n- what you think are the right objectives based on what you hear and read about in the marketing press might not actually be what's what's realistic there's a great term there's a guy called mark ritson i'm not sure we've come across mark before he's a professor no, I, I think it's melbourne business school and he writes regularly for marketing week and he's a really outspoken really colorful charismatic marketing guy and he talks about the idea what one of the things that i see from him a lot is the idea that people are moving their budgets uh, towards social media and all these other avenues but actually what's effective really in terms of effectiveness you're still looking at um, print and tv and radio advertising as delivering the results that most marketeers are looking for so it's that that's a, a real key key sign that we're kind of following the trends and we're not really looking at the data enough as a marketing community to to place our budgets in the right areas um so that, i think that's really interesting and, and we're all guilty of that i think it's a valuable point I think we're all guilty of following the the latest shiny penny because, you know, that's where all the awards come from, perhaps, or that's what gets the most attention. But in reality, you know, let's do let's shoot those hippos and let's go back and look at the data and see where which of our what what in our media plan is actually making the difference. Is it search marketing? Is it social media advertising or is it X, Y and Z and make decisions based on that data? Yeah, I think for me, there's there's two absolute critical things. It's down to two things, right? That you have to get 100% clarity and it needs to be as crystal clear to you and everybody that's involved in whatever you're doing. And that is one, where are you aiming for and what is the objective, the vision? Because those things are going to help you obviously identify what you need to measure and then moving forward. And then secondly, it's the data. The data should be your compass in terms of helping you know which tactic is working for you and which isn't. And that's how you're, uh, that's the only way that you can be agile enough and respond quickly enough to, to getting to wherever you're looking to go as quickly as possible. And that I think is one of the, you know, the things that we find working with, with clients and, and, and the campaigns that we work on is, you know, it's, SEO and PPC are very kind of strategic tactical things, but it's making sure that you get those first things done to begin with. Otherwise you set off on a journey and you'll end up somewhere, but probably not where you want to go. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and in fact, when I think back to, to when we started to work together on our client um, this year, it was really clear. And one of the reasons why I really liked you guys is you, you had real clarity as to where you were going as a business and what you wanted to do and the kind of clients you wanted to work with. And, and that, for me, was a real, real signal that actually, you know, if you've got that clarity of thought for yourselves, you'll help our clients to understand that level of uh, clarity in terms of what they want to achieve as well. And I think that um, that uh, I just I really like the way you guys position yourselves and how you market yourselves. It's really smart. Thank you. I mean, and and that's you know that's it's not an it's not one of those things that you sit down and answer in a day or sit down and quickly have a come up with with senior management and the team you need to kind of work on that kind of thing but it it genuinely does help give you direction and make decisions and really that's the most important thing with all these things within business is kind of making decisions and hopefully they're the right ones but if you don't make the right ones it's about learning from those things or using data to kind of get you back on track as quickly as possible so yeah I, i think it's a huge hugely important thing to 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 do and it's one of the things that sounds obvious and it's not, again, it's not the sexy part of it. The sexy part is kind of getting on with it and doing it and the actual activities. But without having real clear direction and, and, and vision is, is, is makes it almost impossible. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think... I think the world of marketing is becoming a little bit less sexy because there is so much more data available, but that's no bad thing, right? It means we can raise the value we add to our to our businesses and to our clients. So that's a good thing. So like we've talked a bit about, we've talked quite a bit about, you know, what's changing. We've talked a bit about AI and machine learning and voice search and how those, um, you know, we're moving to natural language search and all these good things. But let's look forwards. 
let's, if you would, give me some guidance, give me some ideas. And in terms of if we're looking for 2019, you know, what should our priorities be? Or what should a marketeer's priorities be to take into account all these things? What what are the, I guess, the three or four or five areas or one or two for that matter that you think are really important that we should be focusing our attention on? Okay, so from, from kind of the organic search point of view, I think there's been things that have been spoken about for a number of years that are still very relevant today. You know, the the speed side of things in terms of having a very quick and fast website that runs that is um, provides a good user experience. Google's constantly trying and continuing to go on about speed as well as security. So you hear lots of people talking about the move over to HTTPS. Yeah, Google's even on their own kind of whole game to try and get everybody to switch over to secure web and have the web completely secure. That's what they, they want to try and achieve. And also the mobile side of things is still massively relevant. I mean, you look at this year and Google's actually made a significant shift in terms of that people might not have even noticed, but Google used to um, use a desktop first index. So okay. where it pulled the data that it held, if you had a mobile and a desktop version, the one it would judge you by would be a desktop version historically. But as of this year and earlier this year, they've moved towards kind of mobile um, first index is what they call. So you're being judged by, based on your mobile experience. And I think one thing that I always say to business owners or marketing specialists or whatever it is, is actually pick up an your phone and audit website on on the phone there's more searches going on in on mobile phones nowadays it's just going to continue to grow so you definitely need to make sure even though these are things that have been banging on for the last you know five six seven years they're still very important today and it's all about creating that kind of really good fast user experience um, for the user yes. so get that yeah. done first any otherwise if you don't get that resolved even if you create great content if it's really sluggish or people can't use the website it's gonna be kind of have that ball and chain that's going to kind of keep it going behind there's some really good points in there uh, speed i think is, is and security has been emphasized by google so much in the last couple of years you know it's something that we've been working with all of our clients to move them over to the https just to make sure that that's not really an issue because you know, when you're looking in Chrome, for example, and it says the site's not secure, it's certainly a warning signal, isn't it? And if you're looking at submitting your data, filling in a form, for example, you want to make sure that's a secure environment. So that they're, they're, they're really quick, easy wins. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. That mobile first index is interesting. I hadn't heard that that was the, I guess, how those how sites were ranked. And I think with with mobile as well, certainly in most of the worlds that I play in, um, for example, a lot of my work is in B2B rather than B2C. So we see really clear patterns there that mobile is dominant during the commute. And what people do is they look for information on their mobile on the way into, into work on the train, for example. And then in the office, they'll switch over to desktop and desktop becomes paramount. And then the way home and in the evenings becomes mobile again. And, and, and that's a really interesting pattern. And I wonder whether from your perspective, you've seen similar patterns on in consumer products. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's the same. I mean, in terms of device and channels, people kind of, the, the funnel is a long one right and it can take if you look at attribution it's a big part of what google is trying to do um and work on from you know google analytics and a paid search point of view it, people just you know like we said you might wake up in the morning and you're on your phone then at work you're on your laptop and then you ask alexa or google <laughs> when you're at home and then you buy it and on a laptop or it might take months so i think google's even yes, um, yeah. from a paid search is really trying to push people to say forget about that last click attribution model don't focus just on that so it isn't the last channel that brought you traffic that converted that you need to think about you need to look at what were the steps before that um, so i think understanding attribution understanding your consumers and how they behave and how they navigate your website and the web in general will be very useful in kind of giving you direction on what you need to do. And it's, it's to un understand and like social media naturally is a hard one to get people to convert from because similar to like blog pages and content strategies, because people are, it's like engaging with them at the pub or whilst they're reading the paper, <laughs> they want to just consume something, then 
go out or yes. they're with their friends and they want to talk about something they don't want they're not going to buy but that said you can still use those chain chan, channels and um, strategies to really build awareness around brand and build trust and if you look at google's algorithm this year as well there's probably the biggest update that's been around for quite some time was one um a core algorithm update that didn't get a lot said about it, but it relates or people believe in the industry. And I certainly do. It believe relates to what they call EAT, which is um, the expertise, authority and trust of a website. So uh-huh, Google okay. are able to obviously your algorithms to review the web and content, but they also have um, search quality humans that go in and, and assess things and they'll give them like, example queries they'll go and look at those pages and say are they any good and then that feeds back into the machine that then learns what is a good and a bad website and what they're telling these people to do is to look at you know do these people demonstrate expertise and knowledge and experience in that field Um, and are they trustworthy okay and authoritative figures so that's where kind of your the content that you put on there, even your individual reputation and profile and authorship, if you like, um, comes into play in terms of making your site a trustworthy site or not. So, you know, really trying to do those good things, whether it's creating content or doing omni-channel work that helps build brand awareness and demonstrate your expertise, knowledge Mm -hmm. and add value to the internet is going to really pay dividends i think from a content marketing point of view you there's so much going on and so much competition these days i think everybody just seems to be going through the motions we'll just create a page on this topic when they're not actually looking at what ranks for those kind of things and thinking well i need to do one better if not better than that because i need to create the best web uh, content on the web to beat what's already there it's not just creating a post so well we have this conversation quite often here is it's kind of quantity versus quality when it comes 100%. to content because you can spend a lot of time producing great, really high value content. Um, but the guy that wins the race is the guy that's put out 50 videos of you know questionable quality, but he gets the awareness or she gets the awareness, should I say. So I have this debate. For me, I always want to focus on the quality. You know, if you focus on excellence, then you're going to deliver a great piece of value to your customer. But it's a bit uh, grating when you see others that are just churning out content of questionable value getting the attention. Yeah, and it's it's difficult, but I think you need to play the long game here. Um, and I think we need to, another bit of advice that often gets forgotten is people see things as I push out a piece of content and it's on to the next. Well, no. You should be going back and looking at, okay, that's now searching, showing up for these keywords. Let's go back and re-optimize and improve it. Or somebody's brought something in their post that could be integrated into ours to make it even better. So you need to kind of nurture these things. Otherwise, they just Mm. gradually fade away. Um, yes absolutely that's a that's a really great point there. if you're going to spend the time to invest in some interesting content you know make sure you keep it optimized for as long as you can uh, rather than as you say burning away quickly and make sure you shout about it that's the other thing i think we're still in this world of build it and they will come when once i hit the publish button my my job's done mic drop walk away and move on to the next but that's not <laughs> that's not how it works you need to really fight for things it's so competitive now there's lots of people doing yes. things i mean you need to explore other mediums as well such as video content as well it would be a, a great bit of advice that's already starting to get quite saturated you see a lot more and it's just going to grow um yes i couldn't agree more video we just recorded a session uh with a chap called tooth ali who we talked about social video and the importance of uh producing great video content as well so that for me is a is a key priority for the next 12 months is to make sure that all of my clients are uh, using video as best as we can because it's such a, a a great visual medium to work with but we've talked a lot there about organic search let's move on and talk a bit about paid search because that's a different kettle of fish altogether isn't it yes and in terms of paid search they've got some quite interesting things that are in 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 development i mean one of the things that i think is particularly quite interesting is the move over to kind of audience-based targeting so whereas paid search has very much been keyword led so it would be based on keywords and then it would um, 
be you, you've got the ability to do it by kind of geography are they in this area and, and this kind of thing what they're trying to do now and what is moving into is more around targeting keywords but also targeting user groups so i think so that might be for instance you could target somebody searching for this but also has an interest in travel because that google knows that about them so i think that's probably a really interesting area that's going to kind of some people have um been shouting out clickbait of you know keywords are dead in the paid search thing but um i mean i'm no <laughs> paid search specialist i'll hold my hands up but you know it's 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 an exciting time it sounds from a paid search point of view um in terms of having that extra level of segmentation and like i said in terms of data analysis where it applies here it's about okay don't try and bid on every kind of keyword, but bid on the ones that are really relevant to the specific users. And I think that's one of the things from a paid search that it's become really expensive nowadays, um, certainly more than when I first started because of the competition. So people are having to be more mm. granular in terms of how how and who they target um, and what with. And I think a lot of the things that that is, is is like video for instance as, as well as is like i said is 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 a good opportunity to kind of they're, they're trying to push that in terms of getting there's more higher conversions from video based content on mobile um so it'll be really interesting and the other thing that i'd uh, i've heard but i don't know whether it's true is whether there could be some updates in terms of and this is wider google things in terms of uh, merging various different platforms together to come up with a suite i don't know whether this is true or not but it kind of makes sense to me in terms of if they took a lot of these different systems that they had and brought them together because i often find people that you know yes we have google analytics set up but we don't have search console set up what's that um and then there's my business uh, uh, sorry to interrupt you that time i guess they've done some of that work with the google marketing platform haven't they but you know it, again it's yeah. it, it's it depends on your level of sophistication as to how far you've delved into that world, I suppose. But I have to say the audience-based targeting stuff sounds really interesting. So those that are going to win in that channel are those that understand their audience the best. So if I know that if I've got real rich data on who my audience is, I can probably expand and build upon that using that audience-based targeting methodology on Google Ads, which would be really interesting to play with, actually. Yeah, and they've also, I think they pushed out some updates to the ads as well that allow you to kind of um, more machine learning based in, in, in the ads that go out, i.e. they can do kind of multivariant testing. I mean, we were always, we've always kind of made, you don't set up an ad, one ad, and then that's it. You do multiple versions, you test to see how each one performs the best performing one you then build on that and then continually improve each individual yeah. one of your ads until it gets as good as possible right you have to do that to be kind of cost effective but um there's recent things that have come in that are going to extend on that or that have extended on it that allow you to do you know google does more of the automated bidding and i think that's what they want to move well naturally they want you to be leaving google to make yes, the decisions absolutely. and you know, my historic experience, which isn't a lot, but has been um, that those kind of technologies have, have not really worked that well. Um, but it's definitely encouraging to hear that they're working on that to improve that. Because um, I think that allows you to to um, work on other things. And that's that's probably one of the biggest challenges that everybody has is you know, there's so much stuff to do or could be doing that, you know, things get dropped. And that's why automation is another interesting thing. Um, there's a lot of obviously automation going on, not just within, you know, search elements, but, you know, things like um, live chat type things and, yeah. and on all yeah. those different things, trigger points. Um, so I think that will help us as marketeers in the future is trying to learn how to use those machine those things so that we can be more strategic in our approach well i think with with all of these advances obviously the technology is getting smarter and it's giving us richer functionality and the, and the ability to better target our audiences to use automated um, tools and techniques but also it, it feels like the complexity is ratcheting up another level, isn't it? So, again, working with a specialised um, marketeer or agency, 
um, is the way to go if you really want to take advantage of this space. Definitely. And I think in summary, it's trying to remain, this is a phrase that I've been work, been thinking about a lot, is, is it's trying to remain human in a, in a world of machines because it is, there's so much technology at our fingertips. And I think that's one thing of the, the web is you can lose that kind of, it's not the same as being in front of somebody or, you know, a physical experience. So we've got to try and make sure that although we're using all this technology and making the best use of it is that we do continue to remain human and engage and think about the users that we're involved with and build a relationship with them. And that goes back to that kind of authority, trust, value. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all just about people, isn't well, it? it? Is. So, um, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> people do business with people they know, like, and trust. So that doesn't matter um, whether you're selling accounting services or whether you're selling shoes, I suppose. If you know, like, and trust the people and the brand, then you'll do business. Um, so never forget that human element is such an important part of uh, of marketing and sales success, I suppose. Tom, that, that's a bit that's been really interesting. I've learned a load of stuff there. Thanks ever so much for joining me on the podcast. No worries. It's been a pleasure. Um, I guess I'd love to, I'd love to round off just with a couple of final questions. The first one is, you know, where should people go to if they want to find out more about the advances, advances in search marketing? Where, where, what sort of reference points would you point people towards? Yeah. So I know in terms of books, it's really hard to kind of recommend because of the nature that it changes so quickly a lot of the time as soon as it goes out in print it's already slightly dated so my advice is to definitely consult the web and have a look websites such as um, search engine land and moz are really great to kind of tap into the community but also see some research and thought pieces and leadership pieces so from an seo point of view i would definitely recommend using the web and, and exploring things like podcasts and videos um, and things like that, because that's, that's the, the way that you're going to kind of keep your um, finger on the pulse, if you like. Of Perfect. The movie. Yeah, absolutely. I thought you were going to say they should subscribe to the tech map podcast there as well, Tom, but perhaps. Of, of course. I thought that was the standard. Uh, I thought that we have already done that. <laughs> Let's and hope. of course, the, to have a chat and uh, check out our site and you know we're trying to do a lot of education as well yes we run a lot of events and things so in an effort to try and help people make sense of it all and try and make the most decisions perfect so. and that leads on to my final question is if people want to get hold of you tom if they want to talk to you and find out more what is the best way for them to get in touch so the best way is um, probably through the website. Uh, if you visit footprintdigital.co.uk, um, you, you can get in touch through there and just give us a call, really. I think that's the thing is we're all always interested to learn about, you know, people's journeys where they're on and try and help them get there, really. We also do various events, as I mentioned, um, that if somebody wants to kind of get a taste or a feel for it, then I'd definitely recommend the site has all those upcoming ones that people can attend and, and most of the time they're they're kind of free uh so perfect um, obviously to um email us yes perfect tom all right thanks so much again for joining us um, i know that we'll be talking again you know such a as we've talked about before a rapidly changing space so there's definitely value if you're open to the idea of getting you back on the show perhaps three to six months time and just see what's changed um that would be fantastic yeah, I'd love to. That'd be great. Great stuff. Thanks so much, Tom. No worries. All the best, Andy. Thank you very much. 